COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease include fever, cough, and sharpness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you're experiencing these symptoms and have come in contact with or in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you are currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit us up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. You can also find me on Twitter at ICSativaPod. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music Store, and more. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www dot patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. A special thanks to our current patrons and supporters. Shout out to friends of the show Reefer Revolution for supporting the podcast. Shout out to our new Patreon and friend of the show Gracie Gatto. Shout out also to Joy One Love 420, also a friend of the show and founder of Keystone State Reviews. Becoming a Patreon or financially supporting us through Anchor, Patreon, PayPal gets you perks like early episodes, exclusives, and, and shout outs at the beginning of every episode. We also have been recently syndicated by friend of the show, Russ Belfill, and will now be featured weekly on Radical Russ Radio right before his show from Monday, 7 a.m., Tuesday, 9 a.m., Wednesday, 11 a.m., Thursday, 1 p.m., and Friday, 3 p.m., all mountain times. And without further ado, let's get to the episode. Warning, the following video contains material that may be harmful and traumatizing to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Where do you want to start? Well, hold on a sec. I'll start with a good position here. I'm staying at a guest house. So it is a, a little bit messy right now. My <laughs> <laughs> son just woke up at the, at the appropriate time, of course. And uh, so I'm a little like, oh my gosh, please don't bother me today. Um... So yeah, divorce. Let's talk about that. I am uh, free. <sighs> it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't an uh, easy decision to make either. Um, things got a little crazy. And um, there comes a time where you got to make these decisions like, you know, is this good for my son or and myself? Is it healthy? Um, and the answer was no. Those are the tough questions you have to ask yourself. And I had to have a really um, stern talk with myself with that one. And I actually didn't come to, I was already thinking it, but when I came home to California uh, to mourn, I actually lost six family members, four from COVID. The other two died of a heart attack, who was like my father. Wow. And so it was um, a pressing issue when I came back. And then it was like, oh, it makes you face a lot of a lot of things, you know, your, your own mortality. What am I doing with my life kind of thing when you lose that many people that are close to you? Not just, not just a distant, they're not distant cousins. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not the ones that um, you see once a year on Christmas, you know, it's, uh, they, they, we're tight, we're close and we've been through a lot together. So it was really, really rough to, um, to go through that and, um, you know, see the, uh, see, see the graves. That was rough. And then my, uh, my uncle, uh, my uncle Robert, um, sorry, 
but he, he, sorry. Yeah. He, um, you know, he lived a good life. He was an Islander from Catalina and, uh, you know, he was like a father, like a, a fa- real father, you know? So when he passed, um, it was rough. And I remember calling him from New Hampshire and, um, this was like two days before he died. And, um, or two days before I found out he was dead. I left a message on his answering machine and I said, uncle, like he's usually my, my phone call when something really bad's going to happen, you know? And I asked him, uh, on over the, uh, his answering machine to please give me a call because, um, something bad's happening in New Hampshire. And, um, I think I want to leave him. And, um, I found out that, uh, when he was trying to reach for the phone, um, he died in his bathroom. Whoa. So, um, I never, I never got a chance to, uh, you know, tell him what was going on. And he would have told me to do the same thing I did leave him, you know, but, um, that was the turning point. That really was a turning point. And, um, seeing, seeing his grave was um, just kind of like surreal, like, wow, you know, like this happened. This really did happen. This is like, oh, it was like a twilight zone when I came back and uh, sorry, I'm like, why I don't wear, um, a lot of makeup in California. Cause I keep crying <laughs> at the job of the ad, but, um, that happened. And, um, when I went back to New Hampshire, well, I didn't go back to New Hampshire yet. I actually stood in California with my son and um, filed for divorce. Um, some domestic violence happened, and that's what I wanted to tell him. You know, I wanted to come clean with one of my family members. And, um, you know, it got crazy. It got really, really insane. It, it was not uh, an environment for a child. It was toxic. It was very toxic. And um, my son is going on six and he heard too much. He saw too much and he is six years old and he's still not speaking to me. Like he can't talk. Traumatized. Yeah. He's traumatized. And I had to take him to, uh, you know, psychiatrist and well, you know, when two grownups are yelling at each other at full volume, you know, it does affect a little child. And that's when I decided for sure, for sure. this is, this is not going to be the new norm, you know, like when you're in a relationship, abusive one, you, uh, you know, I guess you become more, um, I guess you get sort of brainwashed into the fact that that's my son, to the fact that he is, um, you know, this is our new normal. And I wouldn't let that happen. Like, I, I, I let that happen to myself for far too long. And when it started to happen to my little, to our son, I said, this is not going to be our new normal. So I got him the hell out of there. And, uh, of course, then the last, the nasty legal battles, I kidnapped his son. So like he so like he's trying to make it seem like you kidnapped him even though you oh, were this was taking him to safety pretty much. I saved him. Yeah. I think the uh biggest um he's like a, he's like a puppy. The biggest um wake up call was uh when I found myself on the floor. Um, yeah, I read I read that. Um so I'm so like he, he like he was just abusing you while your mom was there pretty much and like and abusing her too um he was doing some yeah like um meaning her who who, i mean he said he said that's something that guys do and i had to explain to him yeah i said not not in the circles i run in (laughs) yeah and none of mine either i don't think it's a race issue i think it's a him issue um because when you're we're brought up to respect your elders, at least a very, if you don't like them, just pretend, just say hi and bye and get out, you know? Yeah. If Nigerian culture, like, like we're, we're taught to like really respect our elders. Like we, like, like I have to do like certain greetings. Like I have to greet certain elders a certain way. Like we're, we're like, I think like, I think like Latin cultures, um, African cultures, um, South American cultures, very very similar when it comes to elders. You don't, that's something you don't do. And and I think it's across the board, human, not, not just race, but like just human decency, you know? And, you know, like my mother isn't, um, she isn't a pain in the ass, you know, like, uh, like most mother-in-laws would be, you know, like, She's elderly. She's sick. She's too tired for most of this stuff. She has kidney failure. I'm trying to see if I'm a match to give her my kidney. Um, so it's it's not like she is, even if she wanted to become, you know, to, to be really mean to to him, uh, that was impossible. She didn't have the energy to do so. Uh, so she just laid there uh, in the bed and played my son a lot, and it was it was rough. It was rough. To, you know, I I found that Adam, my son in the background, uh, who's tearing up our guest house here. Um, he is 
uh, doing so much better emotionally. And uh, we have to go back. But the things that happened in that house were not normal. Like, who calls your wife? Um, you know, like, I guess he was listening to some TikTok video. And he'll just say things randomly like, you know, you can't make a wife out of a hoe. randomly and he said oh he was just kidding it was just something on tiktok and i'm like well why are you directing it at me then you know and that's one thing i can honestly say is that i've never ever um actually cheated on him because he had such a tight hold on me how and when could i do something like that because he knew exactly where i was every single moment we were together so um you know after coming out of that haze of dysfunction and coming back to my family they're like what the hell i was a rail when I got here, actually, I gained a lot of weight. I gained 20 pounds since I've been in California. Four months. I got to cut it out now. <laughs> There's no good tacos. <laughs> There's no good tacos in New Hampshire. Sorry, guys. But, um, you know, I put all it away, but it's okay. It'll come off. So I'm not running because it's 108 weather right now. Ugh, 108 degrees. So, um, you know, I wanted to come out publicly because I'm not the only woman, woman who has gone through this. I'm not going to be the last either. So I got conditioned. I think that's the word I was looking for, conditioned, to believe that this was my normal it's okay for him to call me a, a b sorry you know a b or whatever you know just just out of the blue it was it was insane there we go it was insane it really was and um he had guns all over the house um he had a gun by the fireplace he had a gun in um the hall closet and he had another gun by, by the bed the one on the bed is the one he pulled on me so um when that happened that was the called it uncle robert that he never got i gotta get out of here and i don't know how you know i've been out of the workforce for you know five years now as far as like doing it work um you know he made me so dependent on him how do i break out of this and um i just let the bottom fall out you know um, i'd rather live in my sister's small guest house than the um big colonial house i had and i'm happier just to be free of them and um he was toxic. And like I said, when I first got here, my sisters noticed that I was a rail. I was skinny. I was white, like just pale. And uh, basically they nursed me back to health. And uh, I didn't realize that I had gone through uh, what people would call a, a nervous breakdown. That's what it was. I, I really was sick. I was, it was like a, a weird detox from uh, drinking too much poison. And that's what he was. <sighs> so uh, I'm in a better place emotionally. And now that I'm, I'm taking um, Ativan now for anxiety, I still, like when I first got here the first two months, I was sweating. Uh, I would have cold sweats, chills, flashbacks of what happened, I mean, just full-on post-traumatic stress. And um, what scared me was what I was going through. My son, who can't articulate, can't speak, he, I, he would wake up in a pool of sweat. Cold, um, night sweats. Yeah. Night sweats, yeah. And we're talking 74-degree weather at the time when we got here. Now it's crazy. We have the air conditioners on, but, um, you know, he's, he was my number one priority. I'm scared of, um, I'm scared of what would happen if I didn't leave. Uh, how much more damage could have been done to the both of us emotionally trying to beat me down trying to beat my spirit. You know, that's what was happening. And I decided to come forward because, um, like I said, there's so many other women out there who are, they, they stay in longer because I got the talk too. Marriage is not easy. You got to work at it. You know, it's not a cakewalk. It's something that you always have to work at. And I probably stood two years too long, to be honest. And um, when, you know, having him hit me and I'm hitting back, that's not normal. You know, um, I had to, between us or between us and our audience, you know, I had to uh, defend myself. And he would turn things around and gaslight me and say that I'm the abuser, that I'm the one who is doing this and that and that. And that's why that happened. Um, The last straw was... uh, you know, the sexual assault. That was that was the last straw. That's when I, I just couldn't take it anymore. And when I came to California, I had asked him to um, to come here because they wanted to do an intervention with him to see what the hell did you do to her, you know? So I said, uh, and the lawyers took that as, uh, you know, she's not afraid of him. And they didn't take the, and because of that text, um, they didn't take it seriously, the domestic violence. Because, it, you know, his lawyers are saying, well, look, she's not, she's not scared of him. She invited him to California. And they twisted it all around. And I'm like, my head's spinning still from that that conversation. And um, New Hampshire, getting to the New Hampshire gun legislative laws. Um, HB, let me get the let me get the thing right. But it's H- like I, I like like do you, like 
just sort of bouncing off what what you you've been saying like have you been able to sort of like get help for you and your son have you been able to talk to maybe like a psychologist or whatever because i'm imagining you're you have a lot of pain that you're burying at this moment yeah i'm seeing a really good psychologist um i'm taking my son to get um to get treated for his speech problem and it's it's heartbreaking because he i could tell he gets frustrated because he's trying to get the words out and he can't and um he hides behind his tablet and that was his way of um blocking out everything that was going on during that time was uh his tablet and it's heartbreaking i, I can't get him to to break free of that addiction the technological addiction so it's like it's kind of like a blanket in a sense yeah like a and it's really blanket. heartbreaking every picture i have of him he's got the tablet and he still thinks he needs it and he's starting to let go now it's been four months now he's starting to kind of let go of it now but um we still got an uphill battle as far as getting him you know his speech set up and um yeah it's really hard and getting back to uh okay so now i'm ordered to go back to uh new hampshire because i'm kidnapping our son and um i just read up on i i wrote a blog about hb 195 and basically it is a bill that uh, the house republicans passed to decriminalize threats with a firearm so so basically just like if if anybody for any reason feels unsafe they can just fire away pretty much is that that's that what that is yeah and i could read you an excerpt from rennie cushing which I, I did contact rennie cushing about this because it is personal now um you know i was i was against gun violence from the very beginning but when it hits home you become not just passionate but um an advocate like even more so and um Rennie Cushing, I'm going to read you a statement. He said, today, Republicans passed legislation to give a free pass to bad actors, domestic abusers, and extremists to harass, intimidate, and threaten others with a firearm, conduct that can quickly become fatal. 35% of people in New Hampshire have experienced intimate partner violence and assault, and, th and this legislation would legalize and effectively condone the psychological trauma experienced when an abuser threatens a partner with a deadly weapon. From potential traffic disputes to domestic violence, Legal, legalizing coercive and threatening behavior is a danger to public safety in New Hampshire. Gover Governor Sununu should firmly reject this legislation. And that was a statement from Randy Cushing. So I contacted him, let him know my story, wrote the blog, um, and went public because um, this is ridiculous in any in every sense of the word ridiculous. It's already um, easy enough as it is to get a gun in, in somewhere like northern New England. It's like you just need a you just need a pulse and to be over 21 or whatever in some cases not even that like like what are they trying like is just is this just red meat for like the base or whatever it's just just red meat for like the right wingers and like the independents or it's just like like i don't know i don't even get it apparently it is um if you are married in new hampshire you can basically kill your wife and it's not a big deal so um that's harsh um, considering that I don't necessarily feel safe um, in New Hampshire um, because of this, but I am going to get, uh, they want me to go back. Legally, I have to because I have our son and it would be considered kid legally kidnapping if I don't go back. And um, he's now denying me, uh, we, ha we have a house and he's denying me to go back in, wants me to um, go back and drop off the kid basically. And um, uh, I don't, I don't have a place to live. So that makes no sense at all. Oh. So we're still waiting for the courts to decide, uh, you know, how much I get as far as a settlement so I can start my life. But it's going to have to be in New Hampshire. So I'm stuck there. I'm going to be stuck there um, unless I give up Adam, which is never going to happen. Never. If I give up, uh, you know, my right as a parent to Adam, then I can stay in California. And that's that's never going to happen. So even hearing all the things that, that you have talked about, like they're still sort of like there's... It's, it's not even that they're starting off at 50 50 but it's like they're it's like they're giving him preference at, in, in terms of everything i'm hearing like it's like, it wasn't they said it wasn't credible evidence um that what i had was uh they're they're trying to paint me paint me out to be a scornful uh ex-wife who's just trying to get back at him and ruin his life and uh anybody who knows me knows that's not true but according to the court it is what it is so uh that sucks <laughs> um they told, you know, they have told, I don't know, it, it depends on the judge. Again, um, we have another hearing coming up about where I'm going to land. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's scary. It's scary. 
And I even got an email from my ex-husband who said, uh, if I don't take the blog down, he was going to sue me for liable and slander. For, uh, what was it? Liable and slander because they were not true. And I, I said, oh, that's funny because how did that red stain get there on the carpet? If you read the yeah. blog, you understand about the red stain. I don't really talk about it on the air. But uh, how did that get there? How um, Usually women who leave, who are abusers, usually leave with somebody else. I left everything behind and only had the luggage that I could carry, a jacket, and my son. Uh, so there was no other man. There was no other, um, you know, there, there was nobody. I just came home. So I had enough. And I'm going to be extradited back to uh, New Hampshire to live. You know, it's not my favorite place in the world. California is home. My son was born in California, but we have to go back because my husband, ex-husband, wants us to go back to New Hampshire. And he works remotely. So I'm puzzled as to why do I have to make the move when um, he could work anywhere in the world and make the same amount of money? Like I, like what the judge should do is like, 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 like 50 50 the assets of the house so you can go somewhere else but the way the way that they're doing this it seems it's like they're doing this to sort of favor him they they don't want him to lose anything they don't want to really like come down on, on, on the domestic violence that he did they don't think they don't think that such a thing happened it's, it's again i mean i'm I'll, I'll do what i can to boost you but it's just like i, I mean i I mean, I, I can't convince a judge to. No, of course look, not. No, but we can convince. But we can but have. A we can have a conversation out loud, because other people, like I said, I'm not the only person who's ever been through the situation before. I don't care what color you are, what race you are. It is a human issue, and um, getting back to, um, you know, what happened with the divorce. We're still. It's still pending. We're, the, the house is going to be for sale. I'm going to get fifty percent of that. I am going to get some sort of settlement. But now I'm playing the well, how am I going to live? Right. And I'm if living. You weren't in a able to work with no kitchen. I have to go to the main house to, to cook. So most of the time I'm eating out, hence waking. <laughs> you know, but um, you know, it's just it's just better than um having to live with him. And we had uh, we're supposed to have fifty fifty custody where he gets uh, Adam for um the weekend and maybe like one or two dinners a week. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, this we're okay right now kind of on talking terms now um we had a really good exchange yesterday for a facetime meeting with adam my son and our son and it looked like you know it looked, it looked promising it looked like it was going to go well then um but i'm worried about when i actually get to new hampshire face to face when i see him um i he has a switch he really does he has a switch where he could be a, the nicest charming guy in the world and then the next moment he's somebody else that i don't recognize and that didn't happen until we moved out there. So he went back home and I was isolated from friends and family. So uh, that was a red flag there too, where friends didn't even want to come over anymore. They didn't feel comfortable around him. My mother asked him point blank, why are you abusing my daughter when she was living there? And um, there was, she witnessed something that really spooked her. And that was um, when Adam was playing in the, you know, he was playing in the hallway that was adjacent to her bedroom. And he pushed him out of nowhere and said he didn't want to raise a wuss. When she asked him, why did you do that? He was just playing in the hallway. You know, kids do that. Grabbed him by the ankle. Was that that same incident? That was another day. Okay. That happened in front of me. I was, I was in bed and, you know, um, Adam stood up on the bed facing his father. And um, he went, we wanted attention. He was three at the time. He wanted attention. So he, he got up to his height, you know, like, hey, play with me. And he was too busy on Twitter, you know? And um, I told him, hey, I go, he wants your attention. And he got the phone, you know, my kid threw it, uh, you know, threw, chucked the phone, like one of these, you know, he chucked it across the room. And I saw that rage happen to him, my ex. And he grabbed him by the ankle and dropped him. And then he said, um, what, are you, what are you complaining about? It's only a three foot drop. And our son went to the hallway and he looked shot in the chest because you got to remember, like, you know, his little eyes, it wasn't three feet. It was the, the Grand Canyon. You know, I mean, their, their imaginations are going crazy. And then when, when you, somebody like that handles them that way, drop. And he looked to me for comfort. And I remember asking him and he's like, what, what? it happened so quickly. I was like, what? How did that happen? What, who are you? And I hugged him. 
and he was crying into my he was crying into my shoulder and I took him away. And it got so bad toward the end where we were sleeping in shifts, you know, like he would go to bed and um, he wouldn't allow me to, to take a different room. I probably would have bought some time with our marriage if I would he would have let me have my own bedroom. And uh, yeah, that was that was not cool. And he told the court, he actually lied to the court and said he was rolling around on the floor, uh, rolling around on the bed with Adam and he fell. That wasn't true. I was there. And uh, they don't, uh, they said it's more of a he said, she said at this point. So even though what I don't What are like the camera laws in New Hampshire? Like, would you be able to film him doing these things and then have video proof or like, I don't. I think that would have been preferable. Um, I didn't know now because I was just trying to survive day by day with him, you know. So if I would have known, I would have recorded stuff. But um, like I said, like that incident happened so quickly. Um, the incident where I was on the floor um, fighting him off and he put my underwear down around my ankles. Um, I remember just freezing up and going someplace else in my mind. You know, that wasn't made up. I was there. And um, that's why I decided that something had to give. And I had to get out of there. And I told you I made the call, found out who was dead, you know, my uncle. And um, I said I had to come back to California. And then I didn't really decide on I opened up to my family about everything. I finally just told them the whole the whole story. And they thought it was wild and crazy. And like, how did you put up with that? And you have to, this is where people who have suffered domestic violence, um, they become, you know, conditioned. It doesn't happen over, that crazy doesn't happen overnight. It, it, it happens gradually over a course of time. That's one thing I learned about in therapy. I'm actually going to a support group about, um, you know, you know, divorcing a narcissist because what they do is they destroy your spirit. They really do. And they're not going to stop. And even after you leave them, it is um, crucial that they try to destroy you even further. And he's trying to do that. And he's saying that the uh, blogs and whatnot are uh, meant to destroy him. But I'm like, well, I didn't make this stuff up. You cannot make this stuff up. You know, one thing I do have is conviction and truth on my side. And I don't know how he sleeps at night. The truth is going to come out. Like it's, it's it's inevitable. Like like he's he's on borrowed time. Like he may he may be he may be making headway now, but it's not it's not going to be like forever. Um, there will be justice in my in my opinion. Um, so my son, but yeah, this is where we're living. You know, it's uh, like I said, it's a guest house. It's small, but it beats the hell out of where the hell I was going through to be continued. You know, so while I'm going through this crazy. Divorce battle. Um, so while I'm going through this crazy divorce battle, um, I'm still working on the film. Uh, this time it's, uh, you know, it's it's been a little hectic and crazy, but I'm still working. And I teamed up with a uh, production company over in Hollywood um, who is um, backing me up now. <laughs> and uh, she's just as disgusted as I am when it comes to um, the shenanigans that's going on in New Hampshire. So um, we got that backing. We got the Hollywood backers. And we have a trailer coming out. One of the first, we're actually, it was supposed to be a, a, a movie, a docu documentary, about hour and 20, hour and 40 minutes. But there's been so much meat that happens on a daily basis that happens in New Hampshire that we had to turn it into a docu-series. So um, it's a 10-part episode docu-series on um, the players, what's going on, who is who, and why New Hampshire is the way it is. Now, New Hampshire is a state. It's very beautiful, but the way mm -hmm. The way they run things, it's very mobster-like. Um, yeah, especially like the the police chiefs union. That's like, like I like I like I like with this podcast, I I, I cover like news around the country, and I, I talk about some of like the politics of New Hampshire. And to friends of the show from the south, like mm -hmm. some of the things seem very familiar to them. They're like, oh, that's 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 something that would happen here. It's like very. It's very surreal when and, and I've told family because uh, I've grown up I've grown up um, in the M Massachusetts New Hampshire border my whole life um, save um, four years of college in Western Mass and a year and some change in the Boston Metro but I've always told people that New Hampshire is like the south of like the north pretty much the in terms of, north, of yeah. in terms and of laws in terms of um, what's the name parochialness in terms of uh, hostility to flatlanders or outsiders it's just yeah i mean it's like like yeah i mean there's just a addiction to keeping the state with the keeping the state having a small town sort of feel and 
keeping it sort of homogenous and stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's really um, interesting, interesting to say the least. Especially when I talk to these Republican lawmakers, and um, you know, like, do you realize what you just did? Do you realize what the what lives are at stake? You know, like especially now that I'm going through something so personal. Um, you know, I could die. You know, if he, uh, it's a it's a possibility. Um, I even went as far as making a makeshift will on my blog if anything happens to me because of these Republican lawmakers. And it was interesting um, with the film uh, when he was trying to help me. He had put his name on the on the film, Gato Productions, and that just sort of made me a little weirded out. That's when I started to um, not include him in meetings and not include him in, in the project because who was putting his last name? The hell? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, every time I went on an interview, he would say, half is mine. So that would weird me out instead of the cause. Now, sorry, I'm going back to the X, but let's talk about the film real quick. It is a 10-part episode series. Uh, so we're going to start with Seabrook Power Plant. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. 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 And there's some real shenanigans going on there to the point where you need um, iodine pills and aluminum foil to live on the Seabrook area. To um, like have have people have people have people been getting sick in mass at this point, or is this yeah, just a slow they, trickle? They have the highest concentration of unknown cluster cancers in the country. Um, they have that's something you hear about like I, I like Louisiana they have this place called like Cancer Alley like my like funny story like my family like before I was born like the 80s or whatever like my family like lived in Louisiana for a bit so I would if if I was still there I mean I might have some sort of cancer at this point because they, they were in the Baton, Baton Rouge sort of area and there's lots of sort of chemicals around Louisiana or whatever petrochemicals yeah. big state yeah. for that well, the cement uh, around the, the reactors are, is disintegrating, and the radioactive material is starting to seep through the, through the cement into the water. So uh, good luck to anybody who lives in Seabrook. So we're getting – I started talking to uh, Natalie Hill Treat, who is one of the, uh, you know, one of the crusaders. I, I call her the Erin Brockovich because she really is of uh, the C10 Foundation. And – the more I got into the story, the more I was like, wow, and nobody's doing anything. Um, there's no funding. Basically, everything is independently funded through uh, donations for any kind of monitoring system whatsoever. It is insane. Um, and this not only affects um, the elderly or, or adults, just, this is children. And I thought Republicans were all about the, the child, you know. So uh, I just don't understand that whole thing. But anyway, instead of making this a partisan thing, it is a human rights thing. And um, the fact that they're not doing anything about it is beyond. It's beyond me. So I've been, I went to their annual uh, meeting. And, you know, I, I'm talking to these incredible people who are putting in their own personal time. They're not getting paid at all. This, they're, they're volunteers just to help their neighbor, you know, um, live a better life. You know, so they wouldn't or, or cause some kind of awareness to the point where, um, you know, hey, look, we got this, we got this problem, this huge problem, and it borders onto Massachusetts. Um, what do we do about it? And the government doesn't want to step up. Sununu is like la 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 la, you know, and it's it's uh, it's it's ridiculous. It really is. And uh, but we're trying to do everything we can to put everything into a sixty-minute docu series that's a standalone project that's a separate from every other story because um, there is some complications there with Seabrook. There really is. And um, why anybody who's not, anybody who lives there is either passionate about it or the ones that uh, don't, you know, there's a lot of them just don't care. I don't understand that mentality. If you have a means to make a difference in somebody's life uh, in, a, in a public power position, why not use it for good? Which, but no, 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 that's not the part. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel that, like, I don't know, just in terms of how, like, things are handled, it's like, like, you, you were saying in previous episodes, like, the Koch brothers, you know, Alec, they pour a lot of money into the state. Yeah. Um, just in terms of how things are handled, like, the, the opioid crisis is just sort of like a, well, they're, they're, well, they're druggies, they're addicts, um, they're dead weight anyway, so it's okay if they die. It seems yeah. like that's the mentality they've got. And it, it, it bleeds over into, you know, not wanting to make, raise the minimum wage. It's like, oh, well, those we don't want low-paid people in our state anyways. We want people, professionals that are we're, 
are well paid, perhaps from Massachusetts, whatever. We want them to move to our state, be the tax base, whatever. We only want well-to-do professionals. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's like they want that. It's like they want, they only want certain people. They want to really. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's the weirdest thing. And um, I talked They're to... literally a death cult, like people like to say, the GOP, and especially really? locally here. And I, I I don't get it. Like I said, so I, I me and uh, George, George couldn't make it today, um, but he and I had um, circled around and got a hold of, uh, you know, a lot of the advocates, a lot of the um, activists, who, some of which have been fighting this fight since the 70s. The 70s! <laughs> You know, and um, I, I asked one of them point blank, um, you know, why is there enough awareness about this? Like, you guys are awesome. A phenomenal C10 Foundation is a phenomenal uh, group, and why why isn't this a household name in the Northeast? And um, basically, they just don't get enough airtime. They got some stuff going on now with um, you know morning shows and whatnot, but it's only local. It's we need to push this into the mainstream and make this as poignant as Flint, Michigan water and plant because that's where we are that's where we are we are at right now and uh that's scary so that's episode one we're just starting that off right off the bat i'm gonna, I'm gonna let that settle and then uh, we're gonna get into the other things alec is getting um its own its own uh story its own 60 minutes you know so like i said it's a 10-part series we got some we got a trailer coming out now, so we're making headway. I, I got, where is he? My uh, my movie editor is supposed to be on with us. Yeah, I put a yeah, I put a link in our chat to it. Let's see, Chris. Yes, uh, he's our movie editor. He's the one who's putting together the uh, the trailer. And um, again, we're just starting with the first trailer is going to be Seabrook Power Plant in its entirety, and then we're just going to break off from there. And um, you know, like I said, we got some interest. We got some. Uh, we got a lot of interest, so hopefully it'll be in streaming services by by next year. But wow. uh, when I yeah, early twenty twenty two, according to my uh, my contact at the, uh, at the production company, really hoping to get that. Done. Let's see, we have uh, but yeah, it's a ten part series. One's gonna be Alec. I'm gonna let some let some go, you know. <laughs> um, the, and my first is uh, the you know when I started with Seabrook Power Plant, um, that needs to be said. That needs to be amplified into the mainstream media get that get that attention and get some excitement going because they really need the momentum and what they're doing is freaking god's work you know like they're putting their own their own lives on hold to make this happen and to get the cause going and um my hat's off to them they're they're like natalie is incredible she is uh, a tireless you know advocate for um a cleaner environment rennie cushing is another mindy mesner is another fighter for cause or the Clean Water Alliance. So we actually do have really good people in New Hampshire, but they get um, they get tired. You know, they, they get battle fatigue, and I can see why because I felt I felt it myself there. You know, where it's just like nobody's listening to me. Oh my God, I need a mental health break for a week from politics. You know, like and, I don't I don't know how West Coasters do it. Like if I like if I had grown up on the West Coast and like I even vacationed in New England, like I wouldn't be able to tolerate it. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like it's like my sister, my older sister, she she grew up in New England, like like I did, but she lives in um, San Francisco now and she mm-hmm. loves it. She do, she would never come back to New England, only to visit us. Like it's just like there's just I don't know. In this in these six New England states, there's just sort of like a we know what's best sort of mindset and we don't don't move the needle puritan yeah puritan mindset like like although although massachusetts legalized cannabis like we don't we did in the stupidest way like like you know we didn't we didn't open a lot of shops when it started um the governor the attorney general mayor walsh they were against us legalizing so they they slow walked it as much as possible so you know, a lot of people wouldn't buy it. And it's just like, I don't know. It's like, oh, well, we're, we're, we're safe and prudent in Massachusetts. We don't want people having too much fun or whatever. It's just, there's just like, I don't know, in the West, it seems it's like, there's more of a willingness to live and let live. There's more of a willingness to you do you as long as it doesn't harm me. There's, there's more of a willingness to experiment. But here, it doesn't feel that way at all. Um, there is a big difference between Mass and, and uh, New Hampshire. Um, another thing, that was, that was why I was fighting for the court 
to see if my son and I can live on the Massachusetts border just to have that Massachusetts protection, you know, where I wouldn't get that in New Hampshire. That's scary. They got to, they got denied. I have to stay in New Hampshire. Shit. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember my ex telling me that um, he didn't want the, you know, it's a, something about the, he, I mentioned divorce before. And he said he didn't want to uh, have to deal with a liberal ass California. That's it at all right there. Wow. And those words. So, to sort of sort of switch gears on like sort of the local politics right now to the extent that perhaps you've had time to pay attention. Um, like there's like a terrible budget that he's that that the governor's slated to sign. Like they snuck an abortion ban pretty much. They're mm-hmm. really oh, yeah. destined to be the to live up to this like Florida of New England sort of thing. They're sneaking that through. Um, I, I heard there are bans on critical race theory, but I don't, I don't think those bans that they're doing to like stop racism from being taught, like it's, it's, it's effed up, but it's like, I don't think it's going to do much because a lot of people like my, like I've, like I've mentioned on this podcast before, a lot of my, almost all my friends who grew up in New Hampshire moved to Massachusetts or went to school in Massachusetts. So it's like, they're going to learn it in college anyway. Like you're just delaying the inevitable because like, Again, again, it's New Hampshire is more of a state that exports people instead of bringing in people or that's, whatever. That's another thing. Yeah, like uh, we have. Well, a few, New Hampshire does have celebrities. You know, you have the Seth Meyers, you got the uh, Adam Sandlers, but where do they live again? <laughs> you know, New York or California? You know, right? <laughs> they leave. I think Sarah Silverman. Um, yes, yeah, Sarah Silverman. Yeah, she lives in California, I believe. Um, I watched the um, documentary, the uh, founder, the McDonald's brothers. The McDonald's brothers are actually from New Hampshire, and they moved yeah. to California because there were no jobs. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, I I grew up in Downey, California, and um, I remember going to high school and walking around. Well, I didn't go to high school in, in um, Downey, but um, you know, my friends and I hung out in that area, high school friends. And we used to meet at the old McDonald's and it had the big M, like the 50s. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, wait, so that's, so you were near the original place? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's another thing too, like, um, you know, Los Angelinos, we seem to all know each other, especially in the movie industry, because like uh, my uncle Robert had passed away. He used to um, press wax, at, at uh, pressing wax, meaning make records for Capitol Records. He went to Hollywood High School. Because of that, he knows so-and-so and so-and-so, and it, the network gets bigger. You know what I'm saying? Um, my my, uh, my mother, she grew up in Catalina Island along with uh, my Uncle Robert. And, uh, you know, that's the, the – the, that's how like the Cape Cod to the stars in, in California. You know, it's the seacoast sea area of California where, uh, you know, Natalie Wood – that's where Natalie Wood drowned. And my family was there on the island the day she did die. Uh, they – the red coat hanging, you know, that was her. And, um, you know, my mother knew John Wayne. She knew um, the Leave it to Beaver guys because they lived on the island. So the network got bigger and bigger and bigger. So a lot of the older folks are like, how the hell do you know about Tony Dow? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's mom's friend, <laughs> you know, or how do you know uh, so-and-so from, uh, you know, Leave it to Beaver? It's like, you know, Barbara Billingsley, or, you know, I can name drop a hundred thousand names um but it's basically just osmosis you know it's the area it's um you know it's sort of like in new hampshire you can't throw a stone without touching the freaking state rep out there it's the same thing in california only celebrities yeah my yeah my older sister who um she did a stint in los angeles and um yeah she met she knew a, she met a lot of celebrities like i believe she was she's friends with like andrew dice clay mm-hmm. um she um like she did a like there was like a fundraiser i think in 2010 or something like that or 2011 there was some sort of fundraiser for al franken i and he was in and my sister was chilling in i believe in conan's mansion and she got to she got to meet robin williams like robin williams was was there for a little bit he was he was a cool dude um yeah yeah, there were like a lot of different people. Like she's ran into a lot of different celebrities. It's, it's I, not, it's, it is random. Like I remember going to Trader Joe's in Culver City, standing in line with my groceries. And the guy in front of me happens to be Rick Springfield. That's it. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's that guy, you know, Jesse's girl. But of course, you know, like um, one thing I don't like to do is you see him a lot of restaurants too, just random celebrities at restaurants. And one thing I don't do 
um, is interrupt anybody when they're eating. That's just a, but you just take mental note, like, oh, that's so-and-so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, they, they must live around the area. Who knows? So especially in Culver City, uh, when I lived there, it was, uh, you know, I, I, oh, but I did lose my shit when I saw, I, I rarely do this, but like I fangirled over Iggy Pop. Ah, come say hi, Adam. Come on, come say hi. Howdy, Adam. Say hi, Adam. Cool kid. Hi. Say bye. Say bye. You totally messed up that bed I just made. That boy. So yeah, he's my 20. <laughs> he's my t- Oh, okay. Mommy loves you. You're so cute. Run along. So such a resemblance. I'm sorry. Such a resemblance. Oh, he's got mommy's face. Yeah. Yeah. He. He. I love the kid. I. I would do anything to protect him, and I did. Um. So I. I guess I have just a few more questions because I know you're pretty busy. Um. So in 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 terms of like sort of like the like landscape, like it just seems like. Like what's the name? Sununu. Like he's he's having like a right word. He's he's pivoting even more to the right. Like he he said he was a pro-choice Republican, and now he's he might sign an abortion bill, like to ban it. Like yeah, there's gonna um, be coat hangers and that sort of stuff. And like like I I mean the dude the guy didn't have to do a whole lot to he doesn't have to do a whole lot to get that set to get Maggie Senate seat. All he had to do was not not do this abortion ban stuff and he would get that seat next year. But I don't know. I mean, that's probably going to, the stuff he's doing now, it's probably going to frustrate his, 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 his bid, but I don't even know. You never he know. Bragging. He was bragging by hanging out with Mike Pence. Bragging about Sweet. it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, and I sent him a tweet and I was like, you know, I wouldn't, um, I would not brag about that and the, and the I sent him a link and it was uh the, it was a day after or day before I don't stop the day before or day after I'm sorry um Mike Pence was booed in Florida called, called and they called him a traitor and all that other stuff his own base a Christian fundamentalist base uh so I was like yeah I, I wouldn't brag about that you know like, just, <laughs> <laughs> so that is uh another thing uh Sununu is going to have his own uh the Sununu dynasty is going to have their own episode as well as far as letting the other other people outside the bubble know what's going on and New Hampshire is so um it's so off the radar but this is where they store their criminals this is it has such a criminal behavior like uh why do you think Glenn Maxwell was was sent there to Bradford you know, this is where they store criminals. This is where they, uh, Corey Lewandowski, another one, you know, he's from New Hampshire. I think he's trying to, he was trying to run for the Senate, I think. But um, these are not, uh, these are not good people, you know. And um, the ones that are trying to make a difference, they get stomped on. And the ones that are um, been GLP approved, uh, they get away with murder. Uh, I got another story. Um, I probably shouldn't let this one go because I'm still fact checking it. But um, Henry Nicholas, um, who is the Broadcom guy, is from uh, New Hampshire, and this guy was—he's uh, entangled with the GOP, uh, but he was—he had like the secret cave of cocaine and horrors coming in. Uh, like it is—it's mon—it's a monster story. And I'm—I'm I'm working with uh, my production company right now. We're still trying to fact check a lot of the stuff. A lot of the stuff is public. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares in New wow. Hampshire. Nobody cares. And um, they're supposed to be the Christian—the Christian right, this and that, but. They're funneling um, this guy specifically. I got a I got a link I could send you. Was funneling uh, cocaine and underage um, prostitutes. Um, and you know, in, in okay. For, I have to wrap this up. All right. Yeah. Um, um, okay. The movie should uh, the movie should come out probably on twenty twenty two. The movie trailer. I'm gonna shoot you the link as soon as it's done. We're done editing. It's um, I'm excited about it because after, on top of all of this personal crap that i'm going through um i'm still managing to get this film done it, it it's incredible it's just uh per, you know for daily it was the daily grind you know punch punch grab punch punch grab and eventually um you know we're getting to the point where we're ready to start with a distribution so it's it's exciting to so who's gonna who who's gonna be the buyer i don't know but you know um the that isn't necessarily the uh the reasoning behind this it's just to get the story out get these stories out there's so much going on in that little tiny little state um that has to do with american politics has to do at, on a nationwide level because like i said new hampshire is the focus group for upcoming presidential elections for um, mm-hmm. anybody, anybody who's anybody 
uh, runs to New Hampshire to uh, focus group and stuff to see if they'll make it on a a national nationwide scale. Yeah, I heard that um, Tom Tom Cotton recent, like I think like a couple months ago, like he maybe even January or something like that. Like he came to New Hampshire, and I think the former Republican senator, I think Ayotte, like hosted him or something. Again, I'm rusty on the details, but Tom Cotton, like he's trying to, like I. I mean, I don't think I don't think there's I don't think there's enough appeal for because Ted Cruz ran against Trump and like he was a hardcore right wing evangelical like he was still second like he didn't I don't think there's enough voters for a theocrat like someone someone like Cotton to win but like the fact that he's even testing testing is like testing his swing here in New Hampshire is scary shit. It is scary. Um, Like I said, this is where they groom him. So whatever doesn't work in New Hampshire, they uh, go on to another state. But this is where they, they groom them to see what works and what doesn't. Then they start to package you up uh, to make you more appealing to the nationwide voter base. So that's scary. That's scary. That's something that needs to be addressed and needs to. I just want to put a spotlight on all the cockroaches, you know, we'll see which way they run. And I've noticed that whoever gives me the most um, resistance on both sides of the aisle, um, we do have some, uh, you know, double agents from the Democratic Party as well. Um, when, the ones that give me the most resistance, like, oh, don't talk to her. She's crazy. Or I wouldn't like to deal with her. Um, those are the ones I, I kind of, you know, <laughs> I, I take a second, second look at and look at their backgrounds and see where they come from. Because um, they're, it may, they're, they're just not, they're not really good actors, you know. <laughs> they're not. And I, I want to see who they're on the take from. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a blast. That on top of the personal problems or personal dramas on top of everything else, this has been um, a crazy year, a crazy year of transformation, personal transformation. So uh, whew, we're, not, we're not even done with 2021 yet. But 2022, that's going to be the year. I mean, that's when all the hard work of 2021 is going to come to fruition and everything's going to make sense. So last lastly like where can where can people find you and um what 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 do you think the title of the documentary will be oh the title we are going to uh call it hashtag nh politics um because we're just going to hijack the the hashtag for the for the you know for the title the docuseries um and you can reach me at um granitestatebuzz.com that's my little bloggy just, uh, now it's just mostly personal stuff that has to do with politics, but still. And uh, I'm really, really active on Twitter. You can find me at, at Gracie Gatto, um, parentheses, former Mrs. Gatto. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so shoot me a link, shoot me anything you want. Uh, just don't shoot me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm able to listen to anybody and anybody, so... That's kind of where we're going with this right now is, you know, I want to actually talk to more Republicans, uh, the ones that are part of the old school, the ones that say, you know, that this GOP is not my GOP. I want to talk to those guys. Like the sort of like the Mitt Romney conservatives or. The, the Mitt Rom- that's exactly right. The, the Mitt Romneys. I want to talk to those guys because I think uh, if I found my party is kind of going a little Nazi, um, I would have something to say about that. <laughs> you <know>? Right. <laughs> So uh, yeah, little Nazi, you know, that and um, what else do we have? So I guess we could probably do this again once the trailer's up. We're supposed to have some guests today and some, they flaked. Well, George had, George Hamlin. My, uh, yeah, he had someone come yeah. up, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, he has uh, stuff to do. And uh, my other editor is probably knee deep in videos right now that I sent him. So um you know, once yeah, I go we'll back, meet again for sure. Oh, all, yeah, of us. sure. all of us. And, um, you know, I'm going to go back to New Hampshire probably within a month or two to start my new life. Woo. <laughs> uh, with this new uh, dynamic divorce and uh, see what happens. I'm going to roll some B tape, uh, some B film and just, you know, um, get some more angles as far as uh, more footage, because I really do want to do, I docu- this docu-series, and then I got contacted by somebody in Maine saying, hey, can you expose us too? There's some crazy stuff happening. we got Proud Boys running for, you know, state seats and whatnot, and we're not we're not too keen on this. Can you help us out? So I'm thinking, oh, my God, we got season two, episode one, Maine, New Hampshire, our Maine Ooh. politics. Maybe we could do all of New England and just break it up into different segments. So this might be like an American horror story. 
uh, where they have coven, where they have circus, they have asylum. This is kind of the same thing, only uh, it's going to be different parts of New, of New England, like Delaware. Um, nobody knows what the hell's going on in Delaware, you know. But, but uh, you know, Maine, Vermont, uh, especially Vermont, um, Massachusetts, the whole just northeast. Rhode Island, Connecticut. Yeah, Rhode Island, Connecticut, you know. And um, just sort of see what's going on, folks, press some buttons and, uh, you know, get it on film. It's going to be great. Uh, but American, like I said, the American voters really need to know what is going on. Um, voting blue down the ballot is not exactly a great idea as voting red down the ballot. You know, you got to know these people. You can't just stay, say, okay, well, I don't have time to, to research everybody, so I'm just going to vote blue down the ballot. You know, that's not cool either. Because in New England, like a lot, a lot of people don't know, like a lot of conservatives or a lot of conservative Dems just have a D next to their name. Like they... They function just the same. Like, like yes, Massachusetts is pretty progressive, but we elect Mitt Romney types all the time for governor for fiscal balance. And also, the House is full of a lot of conservative Dems, a lot. And people don't know that. <laughs> so yeah, the there's going to be a lot Dems of confusing. That's a whole other segment that I'm, I'm going to tell you about later because uh, I don't want to name names, legal reasons. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> They're interesting because once I start to kind of press them, they block me on Twitter. And I'm like, I'm not a troll. I'm just trying to get to the truth. So what's going on? What's what's your connection with this and that? And it's like, block? Okay, no comment. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what I do. I'm a shit stirrer, but it's for, it's for a good reason. I, I was the bully who protected the nerds in high school, and I think I'm still that person, to be honest. Just uh, on a, I moved on from uh, bullies to from tech. Then tech, the tech industry when I started there, and now it's politics. I just kind of uh, promoted myself <laughs> to a bigger, bigger fish. You know? So, cheers! Um, it's been good to see you again. And sorry great about the mess. You. I have a five-year-old who's crazy, crazy funny. Um, he's awesome, and he's doing well, and he's healthy, and uh, that's all a mother can have. And um, let's try to uh, touch base again uh, once the once we get some uh, trailers up, so we can start bragging about that. Um, you know, that's that's what's been keeping me going is work. Just uh, work, 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 work to get the stories out. And it's it's been helping me on a emotional and, uh, you know, psychological way of dealing with everything on me personally. Uh, this film has been kind of keeping me together. So it's it's nice to have, kind of have some, uh, you know, there's something in our future. There's something there's something cooking and it's getting bigger and bigger. We got more people involved now. So we have an executive team now. So um, it's it's getting really exciting. And uh, I can't. It went from an idea to something that's going to come into fruition. So that's always exciting. Now you're you're going to see it. People are going to see it now. So that's you know that's always puts a smile on my face and gets me up beside myself. For sure, um, it was a pleasure having you, and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Oh, I am. I'm going to be running after him all day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he is. A, he's a built-in workout. You know, he really is. He's my rugs class every day. So awesome. All right. Cheers, Dan. Nice talking to you again. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are quite a few ways you could do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to HTTPS colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast slash support you can also support me now on patreon at www.patreon.com slash ic sativa podcast you can support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month we also have a five dollar and above tier if you are feeling extra generous additionally if you wish to get in contact with us you can leave a voice message on anchor and you can do this by going to h https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode you can also call and leave a voice message at 617-466-9389 and i may just play it on a future episode feel free to join the ever expanding i am canvas sativa podcast planet on discord we yes we've got a discord channel and that discord channel can be found at https colon slash slash discord dot gg greg greg slash 
T-H-E-T-T-P-S-6-5-T-G-2-N-R. Again, that is H-T-T-P-S colon slash slash discord dot G-G slash 6-5-T-G-2-N-R. Feel free to check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp-based products. You can check them out by the link H-T-T-P-S colon slash B-I-T dot L-Y slash 33-F-K-R-V-9. And you can enter the following coupon codes for extra discounts, such as Dog Treat 20, Tincture 20, 40% sign off ISO, 15% sign off CBD. And that applies to the entire store. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao.